It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. are Locked On Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, New York Giant fans, and welcome to a new edition of the Locked On Giants podcast, your team every day. Patricia Trainer here with you, and it is Friday, January 24th, Eli Manning Day. That's right. Today is the day, Eli Manning will officially announce his retirement after 16 seasons in the NFL. The Giants have an 11 a.m. press conference scheduled in which Eli is due to speak and will likely take questions. And then afterwards, um, I I imagine there's going to be a lot of dignitaries there, former teammates and whatnot, who will be in attendance. And there's just going to be so much to cover. And I'm going to be on site. I'm going to try and bring it all to you in the form of audio clips in the form of video, which I'll try and throw on the Giants Country site, which is an SI.com site that I manage, aka the uh, Maven. So just going to be a really, really busy day with lots of Eli coverage. And we're going to kick it off with a podcast today. Now, joining me on the podcast for segments two and three, Ed Valentine of Big Blue View is going to be on with me. And we're going to talk a little bit about, you know, Eli, what he brought to the team, our memories and all that good stuff. So that is coming up. But before we get to that, I want to take a few minutes to talk about, you know, my memories of Eli. Now, those of you who don't know, I have been covering the Giants for well over 20 years. So I was here when Eli Manning was acquired via trade. I was here, you know, for all the ups and downs for him. And, you know, I I think back just to kind of give you a little bit of history here. I first got wind that the Giants were thinking about trading for Eli about two months before that 2004 draft. And, you know, there was all kinds of talk and, you know, nobody knew at the time if the Giants were going to to be able to pull it off. And, of course, they did. Ernie, of course, he pulled off that trade, probably the biggest trade in franchise history to this day. And, um, you know, when Eli came in, I remember having mixed feelings and I I wasn't alone. You know, a lot of people were like, oh my God, the Giants got the runt of the litter, you know, the Manning litter, and he's never going to amount to much. And for the first couple of years, you know, it it took some time for him to, to come into his own. But when he did, he began to really, you, you just knew there was something special about Eli Manning. He just, he came to work every day. He never pointed fingers, you know, if they lost, he pointed the finger at himself, regardless of whether it was it was his fault or, or it wasn't his fault. If they won, it was usually, you know, the, the coaches or the, you know, the teammates, you know, the defense, the special teams, the receivers, the running backs, whatever, whatever unit. He never took the credit for the team doing well. And 
you know, in the beginning, I thought, okay, this has got to be an act. There's nobody, you know, how can he be like this? And just year after year, as I got to know Eli as a professional and those little glimpses that he was offering as a person really is a, a, and truly, you know, a, a, a good guy. You know, I can remember the first time um, I had a, a specific question and I did want to ask it in, in the group setting because it was something specific to what, what I was working on. And I remember asking if I could have a few minutes of Eli's time. And I really didn't think I was going to get it because at the time, you know, I was still kind of a young reporter, wasn't really affiliated with a major paper or anything like that. And I figured, oh, okay, you know, look, I'll ask, but they'll probably say no, but at least I can say I asked. Well, not only did he give me, you know, a good 10 minutes of his time, but he gave me really good answers for the story I was working on. And he was just, he could not have been nicer. He could not have been more humble. And he was just really, you know, very professional and accommodating, and I can't say enough good things about him. Now, if you listen to uh, Ed Valentine's podcast yesterday, uh, Big Blue View Radio, I told a couple of stories that I'm going to reiterate here of, you know, just behind the scenes stuff with Eli Manning and experiences that I have. Now, as you guys might have remembered, those of you who are longtime Locked On Giants listeners, back in November of 2018, I had a special guest on the program. It was during the bye week, and I had a special guest on the program by the name of Steve Heitner, uh, Hitner, excuse me, Steve Hitner. And um, for those of you who don't recognize the name, he played Kenny Banya on the Seinfeld television series, which is Eli Manning's favorite TV show of all time. And so I had him, so I had Steve on the show, and after we finished taping, he says to me, could I ask you a favor? I said, okay, sure. You know, I'm thinking, look, you did me a favor. He came on the show. What could I do for you? He says, I want to send Eli Manning a message. You know, he's having a rough year with all the media and the fans getting on his back and it's not his fault. I want to send him a message. So I said, okay. So long story short, he recorded a very brief message, less than 30 seconds, I, th- I want to say it was, of support and thanking Eli. And I don't normally act as a messenger between fans and the players. I, I just don't believe in that for obvious reasons. It's not my job. It's not something that, you know, I, I just like to do. I feel comfortable doing for that matter. But for this time, uh, what I did was I took the message, I had it on my recorder for a good two, three weeks. And then just one day, I don't know how the topic came up. I think I made a Seinfeld reference uh, and Eli happened to hear it. And 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 he kind of smiled because, you know, look, if you wanted to, to kind of catch Eli's attention, if you made a Seinfeld reference, that would catch his attention. And I and just it just triggered my memory. I said, oh, did you know I spoke with Steve Heitner? And he goes, who's that? And I said to him, oh, he played Kenny Banya on Seinfeld. And Eli's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I know who that is. So I said, yeah, and you know, he, he recorded a message for you. And he said, oh, he did. And I played the message for him, you know, and to see Eli's face, I mean, I, I thought he was going to cry. It, it, it wasn't a smushy message, but it just meant a lot to him. And it, and, and it was just one of those, you know, behind the scenes moments where Eli, who is normally very stoic, doesn't show any emotion, you know, tries to keep a, you know, a steel-like resolve. He just kind of, 
you know, you could tell he appreciated that. And it was a minor thing, but he, he just, you know, it was just one of those moments where it doesn't make it to the papers and he just appreciated it. And, and I was really happy that I was able to share that with him. I know, you know, some of his teammates who ha- heard it got a kick out of it. A Giants team official who had heard it got a kick out of it. And, you know, it, it, it was a great moment. And before I get to the interview with Ed, um, I, I just want to share one other uh, story from my time uh, covering Eli. Now, I don't remember exactly what year it was, but I do remember that the Giants were getting ready to go to Seattle to play the Seahawks. And a big topic that week in the locker room was the noise and how Seattle just had a very loud crowd and how could they manage that. Now, I didn't initially get to Eli's press grouping until later on. I had I had a I forget who I had to interview, but I was doing some other stuff. And then at the end, I started to get over there when the crowd started to break up a little bit. Now, I knew that Eli had been asked about the crowd noise. So I wasn't planning to ask him directly about it again to make him repeat himself. But I had a different slant on that, a different perspective that kind of played into it, but really didn't. So I remember getting over there and I started to ask the question, And Eli cut me off before I could get five words off. And he said, I answered this question several times. You weren't here. I'm not answering it again. And he was kind of snippy with me. So at that point in my career, I was a little bit more um, confident, I guess you could say. And I interrupted him and I said, okay, great, but let me finish my question. And then you can tell me if you're not going to answer it again. So he let me finish my question and he realized that what I was asking was not what he was expecting. And he gave me a great answer that I was able to use in my story for that week. And then I thanked him, left the the, uh, huddle that he had, the small huddle that was still there. And I remember going to the opposite end of the locker room. Now, normally when Eli finished with his pressers, he would kind of go in the back or, you know, out the door. This time he came up to me while I was on the opposite side of the locker room. And he tapped me on the shoulder and surprised the heck out of me when he apologized for, as he put it, being rude. And, you know, he, he was very remorseful about it. And he said, I hope we're okay. And I just kind of looked at him, you know, because I didn't give it a second thought. You know, I, I, I just thought, okay, you know what? These things happen. I'm not going to get too upset over it. But I really thought that was, that was really sweet of him to come and apologize and just say, hey, you know, I just want to make sure everything's okay. That's the type of guy Eli Manning is. And, you know, look, over the years, I have been very vocal in my support of the guy. I think he has taken more than his fair share of what of the blame as far as what's gone wrong with the team the last several years and over on giantscountry.com I wrote a case for his his candidacy for the Hall of Fame in 5 years when he is eligible and nobody's going to convince me otherwise that that he is not Hall of Fame worthy he's just a tremendous human being who just happened to be a tremendous football player and I said this after Phil Sims retired from the Giants in 1994 I will say it again now Giant fans are going to miss Eli Manning and what he brought to this team that's not a slap against Daniel Jones who I think is going to be a tremendous player 
and who was a tremendous human being. But Eli Manning, you know, for all the years he was here, just a tremendous individual. And I am glad that he's getting the send off that he deserves, that he got the send off he deserved from, you know, a football perspective. And it's just going to be a really, really special day. And I just can't wait to cover it. All right, folks, we're going to take a break. When we come back, Ed Valentine joins me on the podcast and we continue talking about Eli Manning and, you know, the future and and what he brought to the team and, and what the future holds. So stay with us. The Locked on Giants podcast is brought to you in part by BlueChew.com. Visit BlueChew.com and enter promo code LOCKEDON to receive your first shipment for only $5 shipping and handling. That's BlueChew.com. If you found $100 on the street, would you pick it up or would you keep on walking? Well, of course you'd take the money. So why do you keep picking winners and not betting on them? Well, if you want to start putting money in your pocket, check out my bookie. It's fast, it's easy, and they pay when you win. Let's face it, where you're betting is just as important as whom you're betting on. And when you bet with my bookie, the options are endless. For example, did you know that my bookie allows you to bet on games after kickoff? If by the second half it looks like your bet is going to lose, you can always just take the other side. Or if you're the kind of person that likes to bet a little and win a lot, try a parlay. If all your picks come through, you'll multiply your winnings. No matter how you bet, the NFL season is the best time of the year. And when you join MyBookie now and use the promo code Locked On, MyBookie will double your first deposit. So go on and visit MyBookie.ag. And don't forget, use the promo code Locked On to activate this special offer for new users. MyBookie, you play, you win, you get paid. Joining me now on the line is good friend Ed Valentine of Big Blue View, and we are talking Eli Manning. It is Eli Manning's retirement. Um, when you hear this podcast, it'll actually be on Friday, and uh, Eli will have his press conference on Friday at 11 a.m. But before that, we're, we're sharing memories. We're talking, you know, uh, candidacy and Edward. Wow. I mean, you knew this day was coming, but it's here. And is, is it kind of surreal for you, you think, you know, that, that it's finally here? Yeah, it is, Patty. This is just, uh, you know, it's a day that we, we all knew was coming. and but, it, but in a way, we didn't want it to come. You kind of, you know, for me, the entire time that I've covered the New York Giants until this past year, it's been, you know, Eli Manning's been the quarterback at Big Blue View, the 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 first very first post that i wrote when we when we began big blue view back in 2007 was about eli manning and i look back at that post and i think you know man what kind of a nutcase was i because the whole the whole argument in that post was you know is eli manning the right quarterback to to lead the new york giants to a super bowl and of course we know what happened by the end of that year and we know what's happened the rest of his career. And it's just weird because we've we've spent 12 years at Big Blue View basically arguing about Eli Manning. So other than other than arguing about Hall of Fame, it's like we can't do that anymore. And it's just it's weird. 
You know, it's interesting, Ed. I remember, I'll never forget this. I At the time for Inside Football, <laughs> I, I had received a letter from one of my my oldest subscribers at the time. And he was absolutely beside himself after the Giants made the trade. They said, oh, my God, the Giants got the runt of the Manning litter. This guy's never going to amount to a hill of beans. And I saved that letter. And actually, one of the first books I wrote, um, it it was a self-published book at the time, but it was a recap after the 2007 uh, Super Bowl season. And I remember bringing that letter back up and just saying, who got the last laugh here? The runt of the litter, my butt, you know, and, <laughs> and uh, you know, to see Eli vindicate him. And, and he did so with such class and grace. It was never, you know, like you see some of these younger quarterbacks in the NFL who are picking fights with his critics and, and, and whatnot. And Eli never did that. And it was just one of the many things to appreciate about him. And, you know, I I could sit here and I could probably talk millions of stories about him and I probably will, you know, on the segments that we're not recording. But let me ask you this. Um, What are some of your favorite Eli Manning moments? Well, you know, Patty, there's obviously all of the the various on-field moments. You know, we go back to the to the playoff game against the San Francisco 49ers. You know, the guy kept getting getting beaten up, standing up with his helmet sideways and, and you know, grass hanging off the helmet. And, you know, the 49ers just kept hitting him and hitting him. And he just kept getting up and not saying much and just leading that team. And 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 for me, that sort of epitomized, you know, the, the way that he played. He just he just kept getting up and kept coming back and kept moving forward. And he never cared about the statistics. He just cared about the end result of uh, of whether teams win or lose. But you know, for me, I remember a lot of of Eli Manning and 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 what for me really epitomized the the kind of person that he was is how how he handled the last few years, how things maybe didn't go all that well. But Eli Manning was never a guy who blamed anybody else. He always took blame even when it wasn't his to take. He never threw anyone else under the bus. He never did anything other than other he never deflected any criticism to anyone else. He he took it upon himself. He handled the various things that happened, you know, the Geno Smith situation, the, you know, being benched this year for, for Daniel Jones. He handled those things with such class and such dignity. And I think for me, just the kind of person he was is, is what I'll really remember. Yeah, he, he truly, you know, Eli never really showed a lot of his inner type of emotion, the, the real the real personality. Once in a while, you did see it. Um, you know, I remember numerous incidents where where he, he showed the real Eli. And in speaking with his teammates for a book that I have coming out in the spring about the Giants' greatest men and moments, um, you you just you gained a better appreciation for the type of guy that Eli actually is, and and. Um, you know, there were there were many times when I would say to myself, gee, I wish he would show more of this, you know, like in a group, Eli was very guarded. But if you got him like in a smaller group or one on one, he was 
a stitch. Let me tell you. I mean, I can remember times when he would just have me rolling in laughter. Like uh, one incident, one time we were talking about receivers and, you know, I, I forget exactly the t- exact topic, but he, he just looked at me. It was something about, you know, getting spreading the ball around. And, and he looked at me and he deadpan. He says, well, if I don't like them, they ain't getting the ball. And I looked at him <laughs> and I looked at him and I said to him, what do you mean if you don't like them, they ain't getting the ball? And he said, and, and he just looked, he deadpanned all the way. He says, they got to show me that they want the ball. They got to show me that they can handle the ball. And I got to like them. Otherwise, they ain't getting the ball. <laughs> and I just <laughs> laughed. But you know what? There was something to that, I think. And, you know, because you look at, you know, I, or at least you could kind of say maybe there was something to it. But, um, but yeah, you know, people talk about how Eli was instrumental in helping some of the receivers develop the way they did. And, and you know, maybe some will argue that that's giving him too much credit. But, you know, he, he, he could be a character for sure. And, you know, look, now, now here's, here's the, the flip side of it. You know, I know John Mara. Um, in a radio interview with WFAN, spoke about retaining Eli in some capacity. And as much as you'd like to see that and have that moment last forever, in a way, Ed, and tell me if you disagree here, it is necessary to, to, to make a clean break and move on from Eli Manning. Because for Daniel Jones, I think, to really take on that leadership and find his voice, his true leadership voice, he can't have Eli Manning and his shadow sitting there, even though Eli wasn't, you know, like a dominating force per se, just the mere presence of him in that building. I, I, I just don't think that would work for Daniel Jones. Would you agree? Oh, I think you're right, Patty. I think, uh, I think, you know, clean break is probably best for everyone going forward. You know, the Giants have a new head coach. They have you know, the new franchise quarterback now. And as you said, you just can't have the, uh, it, it would be, it would be odd to have Eli sort of hanging around in the building. And, and I remember when the giants let Tom Coughlin go a few years back, Coughlin spent, if I recall, he spent a lot of the first month or, or thereabouts after being let go still hanging around the facility, still coming around to work out and, and things like that. And, and that's just weird when you have a new, a new head coach, you know, to have the old one still kind of hanging around, even though he, he doesn't have a job there anymore. So clean break is probably best for everyone. It, it really is. And you know what? Look, Eli is going to get his day in the sun. He's going to get a night that honors him. You know, John Mara in, in that press release said he's going into the ring of honor. I mean, that that's a no brainer. Now, whether or not they retire his Jersey, that remains to be seen. You know, I, they never officially retired Michael Strahan's Jersey after the 2007 season, but no one has more than worn that Jersey since. So I have to imagine you will not see another giant player wearing number 10 for quite some time. I would be stunned if that were to happen. As would I, Patty, you know, people get upset about, well, why isn't this jersey number retired and why isn't that jersey retired? I, but I think when it comes to Eli Manning, whether they retire, retire it or not, I, I agree with you. It would have to be a really, really special circumstance for anyone else to wear that jersey with the Giants. 
Hey guys, it's Joe Marino. Being around sports media and a fan of the Buffalo Bills for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line or could a coin flip have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former SportsCenter anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what-if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, and new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts, and you can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. If you've been a listener of this podcast, I'm sure you've heard all the great advertisers working with Locked On to reach sports fans. But you may not know that Locked On Giants is a great way for your local business to reach passionate Giant fans just like you. Unlike any other podcast, Locked On gives your local company the unique ability to reach local podcast listeners. Not just any podcast listener, a Locked On podcast listener. If your company wants to connect with giant fans and a predominantly male audience that is well-educated with disposable income, then let's put your company right here on Locked On Giants podcast. Text the word advertising to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcasts.com slash advertising and let us know who you are. We'll get our team to help you achieve Locked On advertising success. Once again, text the word advertising to 33777 or visit com slash advertising. We look forward to hearing from you. In terms of the legacy that Eli Manning is leaving behind, you know, we can look at the, the, the one loss record, 117-117. If you had to summarize Eli Manning's legacy, what, how, how would you put that into words? Well, I think the one word... Patty, because of all of the things that have gone on in the the second half of his career, I think the word is complicated. I really do. I, you know, it, I believe, and I've said this to you before, I believe that you cannot pin what happened the last six, seven years on, uh, with the giants on Eli Manning, but I also, you know, but it's there. It happened. You know, the numbers that are part of are part of his legacy. I think that so I think I think the word is complicated. I think that he is a Hall of Famer. I think the case to make for him being a Hall of Famer is is a little bit it's it's harder to make because of the last few years, but you can't deny what he's done in his career. You can't deny where he stands, you know, statistically in uh, in league history. I so I think, you know, on field, I think the word for his for his legacy has to be complicated. Yeah, I, I definitely think that that's certainly one of them. Now, here's the other th- uh, factor I want to ask you about. You know, I, I spoke about him moving on so that that shadow is not hanging over Daniel Jones, but. 
With that said, the expectations, Eli kind of reset, redefined, if you will, the expectations. And this is something he actually had to go through, you know, when Phil Simms was, was, you know, the record holder for the franchise record holder for all the passing records and whatnot. Eli had to kind of come in and, and come out from under that shadow, so to speak. And he did so, you know, and you can even make an argument. He had to come out from under Kerry Collins's shadow since Kerry had taken him to the, uh, to the Super Bowl in 2000. So in terms of Daniel Jones and moving forward, I mean, how much of a, of a huge step forward is that going to be for him to, to start to come from out from under and, and start to maybe overtake some of those passing records? And do you think it can be done? Well, Patty, I think that what we saw with Eli Manning, a 16 year career, two Super Bowls. I, um, I forget how many pro bowls, but all of the passing records that he set, the fact that he never, ever missed a start because of injury, we're not going to see that again. And, you know, or, or very, very, it's very unlikely that we'll see that again. And if you, if you hold up Daniel Jones and say, this is Eli Manning's career, and these are all of the numbers that you have to equal to be considered a success, that's not fair to Daniel Jones. I think you have to judge Daniel Jones' career on its own merit. And, you know, if that's a if that's a 10-year career that includes a Super Bowl title, then, you know, then that's pretty darn good. But 16 years in one place, never missing a start, you know, representing the franchise the way that that Eli Manning did for all of that time. I, I think it's not fair to Jones to say, well, these are the numbers and these are what we expect you to equal. I think you you have to separate it and you have to judge his career for what it is on its own. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, here, here's the other thing, you know, a lot of people don't understand this, but Eli Manning was really a calming influence behind the scenes. Now, he wasn't a coach per se to Daniel Jones because they had coaches for him. How much do you think his his departure is going to have an effect on on Daniel uh, in, in terms of not having a guy who, like him, is still an active player, been there, done that. I personally think, you know, the addition of Jason Garrett is going to help in that regard because Jason Garrett, of course, is a, um, a former NFL quarterback. But uh, I, I'm just wondering what you think. Oh, I I think that Eli Manning had a great impact on Daniel Jones, but I, like you, Patty, I think that I think what we'll see with the Giants, I think Jason Garrett, as you said, having been a former NFL quarterback, having been a player, you know, in the league, having been a head coach in the league, I think that will fill part of that role. I would also anticipate the Giants going out and finding, you know, some type of a veteran quarterback. I don't know if they think Alex Tanney, you know, can fill that role, but I would expect to see them go out and find a guy who's played a little bit more than Alex Tanney has actually played, you know, maybe to to help fill that role as a, as a guy that Jones can bounce things off of, you know, in the locker room. So I I think that I, I don't really worry about Jones in that way. Jones you know, comes from the David Cutcliffe quarterback tree. He's well-trained. He understands the position. We saw, you know, last season that, that he has so many Eli Manning traits just in the way that he handles 
the press, that he handles the attention, uh, the way that he carries himself. So I think that being around Eli for a year was a great start for him. But but I don't really I don't really worry about him, you know, quote unquote, missing Eli, you know, going forward. And last question. What are you expecting from the Eli Manning press conference, the farewell press conference, if you will, on Friday? Well, I would expect that there's going to be some emotion there. Obviously, I would I would anticipate a great number of his former teammates. I would anticipate a great number of his former coaches being there. It's it tells you a lot that they don't think that the uh, that the auditorium where they hold these things generally, where they hold their their press conferences and things like that. They're, they're pretty sure that the auditorium's just not going to handle it. They're having it in the field house, in the bubble where they practice indoors. So I would expect a massive, massive crowd. And, you know, there's going to be some emotion, but, but really I think it's going to be a celebration of, of a great career of a great giant. It certainly is. And I'll tell you what, I have been enjoying some of the, the videos that the Giants uh, have uh, been putting out on uh, on on Eli Manning's career there's there was one they put out this morning just kind of you know summarizing um you know all his commercials and off-field activities and 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 and, you know the famous football on your phone commercial who you know remember that and then the SNL appearance and and just so much I mean I, I don't think granted social media didn't exist back then but I can't ever remember a player getting this kind of, you know, uh, I guess coverage, if you will, from the team. I think you'd have to maybe go back to Michael Strahan, and and that back then, that's when social media was still kind of in its infancies a little bit, you know. But uh, just just tremendous outpouring of love, and not just not just from the team, but also from a lot of the people who even you know bashed Eli towards the end. I think people understand and appreciate just you know that. Eli Manning, guys like that are are just, you know, one of a kind. I think, Patty, that that's the impressive thing that I've seen over the last day is, as you said, the outpouring of love, the outpouring of respect, and and not that has nothing to do with, well, what were his numbers? How many Super Bowls did he win? What was his one loss record? It, the outpouring of love was just f- about the way that he carried himself, about the, the kind of person he was, about the way that he represented the franchise, about the way that he cared about his teammates. I mean, right down to the end, he always, always talked about one of the most important things to him was being a good teammate. And and I think that that if if any current giant wants to remember any lesson from Eli Manning, it's be a good teammate. And and that is, uh, you know, for me, I think that's been the thing. It's that's been so impressive is just the way that people feel about the man. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know what, that's an excellent point, Ed. And you can look throughout the years for the most part, guys on that team have been good teammates, <laughs> but you've had a few that have, you know, kind of straight off the, the beaten path a little bit. They're no longer here. Hence why Dave Gettleman went and did a massive culture clean out. And really, you know, it's going to be a very, very emotional, I think, and bittersweet moment 
on Friday standing there. And, you know, if, if I had to take a guess, I would say Eli's probably not going to have a whole lot to say. He'll probably answer questions if, if nothing else. And, uh, you know, it, it's just, it's going to be one of those moments that I think as a member of the media, we're going to always remember because it doesn't come around this, this often. I mean, there's been times in the past where, Giant, you know, former giant players have come back to retire, you know, as a member of the team. I know Rashad Jennings did it, uh, Sean O'Hara did it. And, you know, those retirements, if you will, were just kind of let's, you know, before the coach speaks, we're going to get up here, we're going to announcing our retirement. I think the last time they really kind of did a, pre- a, a dedicated presser was when Chris Snee called it a career. And even that was, you know, before it was during training camp, if I remember correctly, it wasn't a big to do. So it's not very often we get this type of, you know, presentation and this opportunity and it's, it's going to be special in a way. Yeah, it is Patty. It's going to be a day sort of unlike anything I know that I've ever seen that I've ever covered. I mean, as you said, we've seen other players retire, but, but this is different. This is, this is going to be special. And, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to to being there. I know you'll be there as well. And, uh, so we'll, I'll see you, uh, I'll see you, uh, out at the facility. All right, Giant fans, thank you so much for listening. That was Ed Valentine at Big Blue View. And just a reminder, I will be at Eli Manning's uh, press conference, which is going on probably as you hear this podcast. And I am going to have a special pod for you on Saturday, kind of recapping what was said. Uh, I'm going to see if I can grab some interviews of some of the teammates, former teammates that, you know, are expected to be there, some of the dignitaries and whatnot. So just, I'm really going to be, you know, scattering around and trying to get as much as I can to try and bring that all to you. I hope you will tune in to the Locked on Giants podcast again. The goal is to get you a show sometime uh, on Saturday for you to listen. That show will actually be Saturday, Sunday, and and Monday. And then back on Tuesday, we'll kind of go back to our regular uh, plan programming where we continue to break down the new coaches. And, you know, we talk about, uh, we'll try and do the senior bowl coverage, wrap that up and just, you know, keep going ahead as we look toward the future. So uh, until tomorrow, have a great day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.